I think we are live. Looks like I have my first viewers with us today. It is September 2023, the live edition of the QA, and it's a miracle. I feel like the last couple we've done actually like uh, the beginning of the month after. So it is, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, it's nice to actually be live in the month we're supposed to be live. So go ahead and give me a thumbs up if you can hear me okay. I do appreciate you tuning in. My name is Dave. I will be your host from Guns and Tactics here, and we do this at the end of the month, and I'm actually thinking about Try to find a way that we can maybe do this live thing a little bit more often. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what it is. Maybe uh, we'll reboot the What's Up Wednesday thing. Maybe we'll reboot a more QA thing. I'm not exactly sure, you know, of what uh, what the formats and everything could look like. But I do enjoy the lives. Like, it's nice. I can sit down. We can hang out over the lunch hour, uh, grab a coffee together, whatever. And, uh, you know, just kind of talk about everything. So uh, we do have some questions, obviously, that have come up via email. However, if you want to see your email on the show and you can't catch us live, the best way is to email us. And that screen or email is shown on the screen, the QA at gunsandtactics.com. You email your questions in. I do my best to get them on the show. And of course, we also answer your comments live as well. And we are streaming simulcasting to Facebook and YouTube, which is great. So uh, I love the new software. It's working much better. And plus, we also convert this into a podcast. So you can get this wherever you get your podcasts. And again, we're just trying to grow grow the channel. So other things that we're going to be, uh, oh, look at that. And I got our first super chat. You're going to be the first one to comment. Thank you so much, Dustin. I appreciate it. Um, make that huge. So everybody can see Dustin's generosity, a 10 spot, which is buying my coffee today. So thank you very much, which by the way, uh, what am I, what am I drinking today? I feel basic. I feel like some people are going to make fun of me, maybe even respect me less, but guess what? Life is too short not to like what you like. I'm having a pumpkin spice latte, and it's delicious. Autumn is here. I got the big old jug of pumpkin spice creamer from the Costco, and it's delicious. And it's been warming my heart and my soul and my mind all fall, and it's delicious. So I feel basic, but you know what? It's pumpkin spice season, and I'm not going to apologize. So that's what it is. I like pumpkin spice and pineapple Fanta and Malibu and whatever else, as you guys know. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do a quick check-in. I'm going to pull up the emails. We'll get to those. Before we get too far deep into it, do have to give a huge shout-out to all of our Patreon supporters. If you are a supporter on Patreon, we do appreciate that. It's just a great way to support the channel, and we're going to you know, hopefully build in a little bit more there, maybe have an exclusive QA Hopefully get some early access stuff as I can get caught up on videos and all that. But I do have to give a huge shout out to our patrons. I know it's not super active over there, so I do appreciate them consistently uh, supporting me every month. That does help. And as it grows, it'll help even more. So if you want to support the channel, check us out on Patreon. Go to Guns and Tactics and you can check that out. We just got back from TriggerCon. I was gone for like a week and a half. And I saw some really cool stuff, saw some great people. I'm starting to upload all of the shorts. I think I ended up shooting right around 60 some short one minute style videos that'll be easily consumable. There'll be a playlist on the YouTube, uh, the Facebook scroll reel, all was, uh, all that other stuff. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of videos that I just got done editing the little shorts. And what I like about those is I can, you know, shoot them on my phone, basic minimal editing. And then, like I said, we got about 60, so we have about an hour's worth of content. So yeah. 
Uh, love it. Absolutely love it. It was a good time. We can talk about what the cool things were. We can talk about some of my favorites and uh, as we just kind of get into the show here. So i uh, got to give a quick comment here. So Dino, thanks for tuning in. Ike, thank you. Tuning in locally. Uh, Alan with a Y from New Jersey. Thank you very much for tuning in. What part of New Jersey are you hailing from? I got to be honest, I was there not that long ago. Snuck over to Philly a few times, had some mediocre cheesesteak, and had some good cheesesteak, so that was good. And then uh, we hear you. I appreciate it. Art, good to see you, my man. Always awesome to have you on the show. How was Wachita? Um, did I talk about that in the last episode, or was that, uh, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, Wichita was good. Wichita was good. And the DWX. Uh how about for sure by next Friday, maybe Monday? I it, it I just need to finish editing, and it's just been hectic, but I it's overdue. But spoiler alert, it's a cool pistol. It needs an optic, though. Uh, and, well, should I say? Spoiler alert, you might not need to worry about that in the future. Yeah, CZ was there, and it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. So, all right, let me try to play with the comments here a little bit and see if I make this one bigger... Will they all be that bigger? Let's find out when we switch. Yeah, that looks good. Then we switch back. All right. So it looks like our comments are are settled. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, you know what I could really use is a mute button, like a quick mute shortcut. There's got to be one for like sneezing and coughing and, and everything else. But uh, anyways... Let's pull up some email questions here. We'll get to it. I don't like to have a lot of dead air. It's about uh, five minutes past the hour. Uh, we'll try to go for, you know, about another hour, give or take. We'll see how long the comments and and things keep going. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. So uh, this is, looks like we got Ron. Hey there. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. I don't recognize that name. So it might be one of your first comments. And then uh, Alan with a Y is just across from NYC. And you know, I've always wanted to go to New York. Uh, I've always wanted to visit that area. So maybe I'll, I'll check it out sometimes. Actually, I heard, um, I ran into somebody who was dealing with a gun shop in New Jersey. And I guess it's like incredibly difficult to get a gun shop in New Jersey. And they were kind of telling me about like the regulations and, and all of that and how the prices are. So uh, Alan, I would be curious on what your take is. Like are guns available? Like obviously I know you have laws and stuff out there, but uh, I heard they're expensive, like there's no deals to be had, there's processing fees and all that other stuff. So one of the things that just always interests me as I travel is when I go around the country is to kind of check out what the gun culture is, what the gun shops are like, uh, because quite frankly, there's some cool gun shops and there's some lame ass ones. So that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get to it. I'm going to check in with some emails here and I believe we, uh, we just did... Our emails there, so I'll be uh, posting some comments as we get to it. All right, let's uh, let's switch back here. Pull up some more comments here. Uh, just watched like ten of your shorts in a row. Yeah, well, uh, man, I hope they're mine because I don't know if I've uploaded ten yet, but I do appreciate it, and I'll get more. And uh, I, you know, we'll we'll keep doing it. Um, we'll keep uploading them. I'm going to try to schedule them now that I have them all edited. I'm going to try to schedule them for like the next you know, hour, 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 hour through the weekend, through next week, that kind of thing. But like I said, I have about 60. So there's going to be a good amount. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And Ike wants to know favorite thing at TriggerCon. Of course, we're definitely going to talk about TriggerCon. It was a good time. And let's see here. Really a fan of the X macro porting thing about getting a couple other guns ported. Yes, we can talk about porting here. We can talk about porting. And then 
Ron uh, met you on Smash Channel. Yeah, that was a good time. We did live. Actually, I have a couple other lives coming up. Uh, I, I'm kind of wearing my TriggerCon hat for those, but I want to say one is on Monday and then one is on like the following Sunday. I'll see if I can get the confirmed details and I'll probably share on the Guns and Tactics Facebook page or the community page. Uh, and if you guys wanted to tune in, like I said, I'm wearing my TriggerCon hat for those, but uh, we also talk because one of the cool things that uh, I like working with the other creators at TriggerCon was that I also am still a creator. So I, I understand their perspective. I understand what it's like to have to make content, have to edit, do stuff like this. And again, I always have a lot of respect for people that do live stuff really well. So uh, Smash Time, that was a good time. I uh, got to visit with him a little bit at the Media Mixer and hang out at the show and uh, seems like a really good dude. So I like it. All right. Hello from Michigan. Be positive. Right back at you, Michigander. All right. Uh, well, I guess let's just get it out of the way. What was my favorite thing I saw at TriggerCon? Probably the people. Is that too cheesy of an answer, Ike? Uh, but I do love the people. Uh, as far as if I had to pick one product. So it's a little tough because some of the stuff that was, uh, you know, brought to TriggerCon was also announced at SHOT as well. So uh, it wasn't quite new, new, but it was still new for everything. And it was maybe a little bit more enhanced and evolved. So that was kind of cool. Uh, but there was a few things that were new at TriggerCon. And I don't know if I could pick just one thing. Uh, so I'll probably try to break it down into categories if that's okay. Uh, some of my favorite suppressors that I saw. Huxworks announced at TriggerCon their new... I can't remember what the name of the can is. Uh, I think it's called a Velos, I think. I'll have to double check, but it is uh, Huxworks, but it has the core that is additive machined and it's removable so you can clean it, ultrasonic, do whatever, but then it's hub mount. So I've always wanted to try a Huxworks can. I've heard really great things about them, but I don't want to buy different muzzle devices. I'm pretty set on the chemo muzzle platform. And now that they have a hub mount, which basically means you can put a chemo adapter on the back, boom, problem solved. Okay. Uh, Replicator was there and they had some new low pressure and they're saying no back pressure, uh, which I think is a bold claim by the way, but they had some cans there that I've always wanted to get my hands on. Cause I've been hearing really good things about Replicator. So I'm hoping to get some that I can uh, do some content for the channel. And those are hub compatible as well. And they are additive manufactured or, you know, printed, you know, but I got to be careful because the, you know, the analytics don't like that term, but you know, I don't know what's backwards on the camera, but anyways, uh, so Replicator, Huxworks, uh, Silencer Co. had some new cans, and there was some integral stuff too as well. Uh, as far as long guns, uh, Nighthawk brought this really cool old school design custom shotgun. Uh, now, it's not new. It's a very, very old design, but they're basically the exclusive importer of it, but it's a break action semi-auto. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't know anything like that existed. And it is gorgeous. Like when you open it up, it looks like a futuristic, but yet elegant, classic Swiss clock. Like everything was just gorgeous and polished and refined and together. Uh, it was just, it was really, really cool to see. But it's also like tens of thousands of dollars, like ridiculously expensive. Uh, Strybog, disclaimer. I, yeah, they do sponsor the channel. The Global does. But Strybog brought out their roller delayed 10 millimeter. Yeah, pretty cool. It's a Strybog 10 millimeter. A lot of people have said like, I want a PCC and 10 millimeter. Boom. There was actually two of them at the show. The other one I want to say was by MCM and it was a blowback. Uh, but then the uh, Strybog one was a roller delayed. It took HK style magazines that kind of had that monolithic Strybog upper with the modularity. 
Uh, and it felt pretty dang good for a 10 millimeter PCC. Uh, not going to lie. It recoiled better and felt better than my HK UMP that I had back in the day. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about the HK because like, oh, it's HK. Uh, but the UMP, uh, the recoil impulse was just not that good. So, and this thing was great. So I, I really liked that. Oh, what else? Um, let's see here. Uh, as far as 2011s, uh, EAA was there. I'm telling you guys for a thousand bucks, those 2311s, I think they're going to be pretty dang popular. There's definitely some things I would love to see kind of changed and tweaked a little bit, but a double stack for a thousand dollars and they shot pretty dang nice. I actually have a sample. So I've kind of felt like what they were like before, but it was cool to see other people's reaction like that. Uh, CZ shadow two compact was there. That was pretty cool. Just a really nice, elegant little compact gun. Watchtower has a brand new double stack coming out. They're calling the Apache. Uh, that is a Pew view exclusive. I'm hoping to get to shoot one here. Cause it's basically a threaded barrel with a comp. That's kind of a fixed kind of like a, uh, an XC, but not all machined out of one piece. So it does, it's a little different, but it's also cheaper. And I didn't get to shoot one. I was, I didn't get to stop by. I was busy doing other stuff, but a lot of people who did said it shot pretty good. So I'm looking forward to checking that out. Oh, what else am I missing? What else am I missing? Optics. Rick's had their uh, optical thermal, which when I first heard about it, I was really hoping the optical would be on the objective side, but it's not. It's on the ocular. So it's kind of like zooming in on the screen, which you, d did work and it can makes a difference. And I wasn't seeing pixels that I thought I was going to. Um, but I was really hoping they could get maybe that magnification out there. But what was cool is that when you zero at a lot of the other thermals, when you move that reticle, that's what it does. Whereas with this one, when you move it, it shifts the image and it recenters it and it's smart enough to know what to do. So that was pretty cool as well. I like that for thermal. Oh, what else? What else am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting some stuff. Like I just know it. There's all sorts of stuff. You'll see 60 over 60 videos. Uh, on the channel here. So stay tuned. We'll probably think about something else that I will. I'll think of it later. So loop back to me. All right. This is, uh, let's see, where were we? Ike, we were up there with you, right? We talked about porting. We talked about the Michigander direct mount for optics. Yep. I agree. So not optic ready can be a good thing. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I see what you're saying. I like just like a machined ready for optics, right? Uh, importance of boar snake cleaning a carry pistol and AR. Man, uh, clean when you want to. I get it. I don't clean nearly enough. I, I do a wipe down. I get rid of some gunk. But uh, overall, I think people overclean. And I know that's a controversial or unpopular opinion. But I have seen people mess stuff up by cleaning, by either overcleaning, improper cleaning, taking stuff apart, putting stuff back together, not knowing what they're doing. So I get that, yes, technique is a big part of it. But uh, guns run dirty and lubricated. Uh, like the staccato that I'm probably going to let Dustin use. We have a class coming up that we're going to that thing has really never been cleaned. And when I say never been cleaned, uh, I mean that yes, every now and again, I'll take field strip it, wipe everything out with a rag, wipe out what I can, uh, wipe off the lugs, wipe off the frame rails, wipe down the slide just with the rag, like literally takes less than a minute, lube it, put it back together. I've done that a few times over. It's that thing. I don't know if it has 20,000 rounds or more, but it has a lot. It, it's, it's up there. Like that was my primary teaching gun, travel gun, uh, you know, class gun for a while. And that thing just runs like it. Oh, it feels so good though. It feels like snot on glass. Like it's so nice and broken in, but I just don't clean it that often. And I know I probably should, but I don't. So I'll do a video on cleaning cause I know I need to, but it's important for a carry gun. I get it. You want it to be reliable, but the biggest thing is you want to make sure it's lubricated and functional. That's kind of my thing with that. Uh, but as far as a detailed cleaning, 
you know, probably maybe once a year, something like that, unless you shoot a class and like, if you have one gun, you shoot a class. Yeah. Clean it. I get it. Totally, totally fine. My carry gun is different than my training gun. So, um, all right. I have not been to a store in a long time, but yeah, we had to pay a, a, a fee. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. Is it Leroy or Leroy? I, I assume it's Leroy, right? Leroy. I got to say, I do have a priest. Um, and I've had one for a little while now and I've had it at some classes and I've shot it and that thing really packs above its price point. Like it really packs above its price point. And I can sell, I just, I'm getting excited because it's a good time to be a double stack buyer. And I give kudos. Like one of the best things at TriggerCon was we had a really good meeting with Staccato. Big fan of Staccato, as you guys know. Uh, but we got to have a meeting with, with uh, some other high leadership, which was really cool. And I, I, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag um, on some stuff, but I can just say that where they're going as a company is really cool to see what they're doing. Their demand is crazy high still, but that has really, I give credit to them for creating the spark and igniting the flame that really has kind of resurged the 2011 and double stack market. Like there's a lot more interest in double stacks and stuff now than there was five years ago, 10 years ago, even though a lot of us have been shooting them for a long time, just in different kind of use purposes. Like for, I got my first custom gun back in 2008 ish. And that was my competition gun for duty. I still carried, you know, plastic fantastic, but for competition, I loved it, but they, you know, maybe weren't quite duty ish, you know, type thing, even though I loved the performance of it. Well, now Staccato has really kind of changed that when they've making their use and duty carry and they've really kind of refined things. And now other companies are starting to uh, offer, you know, great things. Anyways, where I'm going with that, the voodoo. Wow. It's incredible. Uh, it is custom level quality at a high production cost. Cause is it more than a staccato? Yeah, it is. But is it as much as custom guns? Nope, but it's close. It's close. And there's some cool stuff coming from other companies as well. Uh, and I don't just want to sound like a voodoo cheerleader because I am a fan of their stuff. I, and here's the deal. People have called me, oh, you're just a JP fanboy. Back when I was doing more AR content, primarily with JPs or staccatos or whatever, I'm a quality fanboy. Like if you make a quality product and you're good people and you treat your customers well with good customer service, that's what I'm a fan of. Guilty as charged. Uh, so, but the voodoo priest, it just bangs out a lot for them. It, it punches above its price tag. It really, really does. So I'm looking forward to getting that video out as well because uh, that'll be a good one. And I also have some videos. So like just speaking out loud, I have a video coming out on the DWX. We talked about the Voodoo um, Nighthawk Custom, which is awesome as well. Like again, good problems to have. Like I have all these great videos to make. A different double stack that I can't talk about yet because it's not public. Uh, I'm under an NDA until end of October, early November is I think when their embargo date is, but a new company that hasn't made one before. Um, and again, pretty cool stuff. So I'm trying to think what else. And then I'm going to do a, uh, I do want to do, I know it's kind of weird. I want to do a witch Takato to buy, but anyways, like a buyer's guide comparing all their models, but, uh, priest is great. I, I, man, I feel like I have rambled way too long. This comment has been on the screen for a long time. So I apologize for, for yakking. I, I haven't even caught up on the other comments. They're probably telling me to shut up. Uh, Dave K all the people who say I'd buy it if they were 10 millimeter. Yeah, I know they still won't. They still won't. Uh, all the millimeters. That's right. Now here's the other thing that they told me that global's working on. They're working on, they're going to skip 11 and they're going to go right to 12 millimeter. Just kidding. Actually, I'm probably going to get in trouble for that. 
cats out of the bag. All right. In a world where braces are stocks, what do you recommend for people who have AR pistols that can't be SBR? So you guys can't have SBRs in California. Well, number one, maybe you can. Are you affected by uh, the temporary injunctions from the Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, Rainier, Maxim customers, things like that? Because uh, there are rulings that basically have allowed some of those, you know, groups, members, etc., to, you know, basically have an injunction on that. So you could do some more digging on that. I'm not going to give you legal advice because I am not a lawyer, but there is potentially some options. Uh, I know that's controversial though because everybody thinks braces as a whole, you know, even though there was kind of some pockets of relief, and hopefully that'll continue to happen. Uh, but then otherwise, what do we do? Uh, what do you recommend for, you know, we could kind of go back to the olden days where people would basically just put those little caps or the little chin welds. Uh, or if you just really want a stock and it's like, this is what it is and I'm going to be stuck with it for a while, you know, swap out uppers and you can run a 16 inch or a pin welded. Uh, I still will say some of my favorite, one of my favorite guns was the good old sweet 16 uh, and was a pinned and welded 16 inch gun. And it was welded, pinned and welded right at 16. That thing was just a workhorse. It did everything. I kind of want to go back to a Sweet 16 in a way because it's not an SBR. I don't have to worry about it for traveling and, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, so that's what I would maybe look at. That's not a bad question. Lance, is it the Lance age? No way. Really? Is it really you, Lance? Just saying. I'll be. Sh Are you shushing about something that you know about too? Like maybe part-time opportunities? Uh, inside joke. Sorry, guys. All right. Definitely, uh, I... Oh my gosh. How could I forget about the 2311? Thank you for reminding me. I definitely hear how nothing might be brand new premiere since it was announced a shot, but I heard certain things were are closer. Yes. So the 2311 Pro was actually debuted at TriggerCon. So they talked about it at shot. They had the polymer grip versions, but this was the first show that the metal grip versions were there. And we actually got to shoot them and they, uh, they shot pretty dang awesome. They shot really good. Like I was talking to a few people who shot them at shot show. I did not. I was at a different event and they were talking about how they were not as refined as people felt they should have been for a debut at shot. And the people that I talked to now were like, man, it felt like a different gun. It felt like it's ready to go. So I can't wait. According to Oracle, I'm high on their waiting list for media guns. Uh, so I'm hoping I get one sooner than later. And then what I'm going to try now that trigger cons over and I'm trying to have some bandwidth is I just want to get some content out. So some of my content that I'm going to be pushing out might not be my normal production quality. It might just be a little bit more crudely edited and more kind of the one take style, just in the name of shoot it, upload it, basic editing, just to get content out. Uh, because I miss not publishing. I miss not doing stuff. Like, honestly, my, my dream job would be to just do YouTube videos. But, uh, you know, other stuff that I have commitments to just doesn't allow me to do that. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping to just do stuff. So I, I might try to find some spare time to continue to do that. And hopefully you guys will be forgiven uh, or forgive me for that, which I'm not too worried about you guys. You guys are pretty cool with that. But so the other jerks on the internet, right? All right. Uh, let's see. So we have just now tuning in. You'll catch up. Well, good to see Scott. Thanks for checking out. And then uh, Alan. Yeah, you guys don't have much luck in New Jersey. All right. I'm caught up on comments. Uh, before I get caught up on uh, too much, I'm going to give a quick Shout out. Maybe not. I don't know if it's going to work. Nope. Maybe not. No, probably not. There it is. Global Ordnance. Got to give a huge shout out to them. They are the sponsor. and They're going to be providing a uh, prize pack of Freedom 
seeds for everybody. Some good stuff, a little care package. So I just do want to give a quick shout out to Global Ordinance. Good people. They have a lot of great things. I always love hanging out with the people from Global. And like I said, they had their Strybog 10 millimeter, which is awesome. So I uh, always do appreciate appreciate what they do. Appreciate what they do for me to support the channel and appreciate all the stuff that they uh, they do to help everybody out. So that is Global Ordinance. Appreciate what they do and uh, supporting the channel. So quick shout out for them. All right, let me pop over to the email section here quick. Uh, just watch your video, co-witness or not, advice, wondering what iron sight you'd stay to recommend on my gun. And uh, I emailed him back, Night Vision or Ameriglow. We've we've talked about some of that. Uh, this one is from Will. Watching one of your videos has a pretty strong grip, large hands, yet struggled the pinch method on the front serrations. I did do a front serration video, and basically the tip is for that is to get a good purchase. So if... Um, all right, YouTube, this is clearly a hammer, okay? I'm not handling anything. I shouldn't be on a live stream in violation of community standards. This is a hammer. You can see that, but we'll just pretend. I want to get a good grip with this part of my hand and the thumb and actually really, you know, get engaged uh, with that grip to create that, that good traction. So hopefully I'll get a little closer here, but we're actually going to, you know, get that. And then as I'm pulling with this hand, I can also be pushing with this hand and the two can work together. That probably looked a little awkward uh, to help manipulate your slide. So that might help. And there'll be just technique with it. Art, uh, here's one of your questions. I just picked up a Matador. Yes. And uh, they were at TriggerCon. They had some cool stuff. What optic you'd recommend for an eight and a half, nine millimeter PCC? Just probably a red dot. Um, I don't think you need a magnifier in all honesty. Uh, obviously the, the brands that we all know and love are Aimpoint, EOTech, but the new Holosun stuff, like some of their, you know, T series red dots have been rock solid. The AMES has been rock solid. I have one of those on one of my PCs, so I wouldn't hesitate to recommend that. And that mounts up really simple as a nice big box window. Otherwise, uh, I can't remember what their 30 millimeter objective red dot is. I, it's like a five something. Everything's five something, but uh, their the titanium housing, like all of their, that stuff has been really awesome and it's priced really well. Because some of the aim point stuff, I'm not going to lie, it's getting pretty expensive. If you can find some used stuff, no shame in that as well. But right now, my go-tos for red dots are uh, on that pro spectrum aim point. Uh, and honestly, even Holosun in a way too, because like some of their stuff is, I think, really good and it's priced better. Uh, EOTech, I'm kind of warming back up to EOTech again, so we'll see how that goes. You know, EOTech's had some, had some things. All right. Uh, let's see here. This one's from Art again. Uh, we talked about Sol, uh, SoCal. Maybe we'll, uh, I might need some ideas on that too. So I'll hit you up there. This one is from Isaiah. I saw you did a review on the arm RHD. Just wondering, I have a compact. Do you think it'd be a problem? No, it shouldn't be a problem as long as it uh, doesn't, you know, go over the ejection port too much. But we did kind of talk about that as a potential issue. Uh, this one's from Robert. I don't have a torque screwdriver, but I'm pretty good at tightening down torque screws to where they're tight by feel. Should I buy one? There's one on $33 with good reviews. Or do you just go by hand? Uh, so here's another little trick that I'll show you guys. Again, YouTube using a hammer. Pretend that this was a hex key. So this is the hex key part. And this was the long handle. Here's the short handle. Hex keys come in different diameters for different size fasteners. But then that also translates to a different length. Um, actually, here we go. And what's cool is that if I was tightening with just a hex key, I can put this in the fastener. And as I'm tightening with the long end, as this starts to flex and the fastener is no longer turning, 
that is basically a flex bar indicator that we have reached maximum torque for a fastener with that size socket for the tool size. So that's why those Allen keys or hex keys, whatever you call them, come in different lengths and sizes is when we start to tighten and we get this flex here, we are, we don't need to over tighten. When people grab it and start, keep going and they flex the tool and then continue to tighten, that's when stuff breaks or strips. So you don't necessarily need it, but it's nice to have, but that's a reason. And that's an old machinist trick that uh, one of my old mentors taught me. And it's served very, very true and, and correct. It's been a really, really good way uh, for me to kind of keep an eye on torque. Uh, I'm going to keep going on email questions. I'm going to pop back in to the comments here in just a second. Don't you guys worry. And let's see where we are. I'm just going to keep an eye on where we need to be. So this one's from Kevin. Again, one of our patron supporters, my longest uh, patron, most loyal, high value supporter. Kevin, thank you for checking in. What are some ways to help instructors understand how the LCI works on Glocks uh, since this was introduced? LCI, for those of you guys that don't know, is a loaded chamber indicator. And on the Glock, it's actually on the extractor. When there's a round in the chamber, the extractor kind of has this protrusion on the side of the slide indicating that there is a something in the chamber, whether it's a piece of brass or a round. Now, the idea was that you could use your finger or visually look to see that, yes, there's something in there so that we know the gun's loaded. Other guns have a maybe a cut through the top of the barrel or a hole so you can look and see a piece of brass or you could see something. Uh, other ones have like a little red, you know, uh, loaded chamber indicator. So it's not unique to Glock. Now, here's the downside with a loaded chamber indicator. They only work when you can either see it or feel it, which you might be thinking, well, that's every time. Might not be though. At night, I'm not going to necessarily be able to see that. So if low light situation, I might not have the visual cue for that. Number two, I might not be able to feel it in the cold when I'm wearing gloves. Or what if it is cold and low light where it's dark and I'm wearing gloves? Then I can't really take advantage of it. So while it is there, I wouldn't even say it's uh, necessarily should be thought of as a seat belt because I think that that's probably giving it too much credit when in reality, it is just that it's an indicator if it's available and that information might not always be available. Now, you're not necessarily going to get a false positive uh, unless something is broken or deactivated or whatever. Uh, and it, you know, could you get a false negative? Uh, if something was cracked or broken, I sure anything's possible or if something got chipped or modified or whatever, or if somebody swapped something out to an aftermarket extractor or something like that. So yes, there still could be that. So while we can teach people to use it and look for it, the reality is we still have to follow the five firearm safety rules. And I teach a fifth one. Everybody knows treat every gun as if it's loaded, point in a safe direction. Don't pull, you know, keep your finger off the trigger. Don't point anything you don't want to shoot. Be sure you're targeting beyond all that stuff is very, very important but also give it the attention and don't be distracted. So like when I tell people to go through a loading sequence or an unloading sequence, we do it with purpose. We actually do it to get a good practice rep. We do it with purpose. We visually look, 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 look in the chamber, loading area in Bagwell, break our concentration or our line of thought. And then we double check, we verify. Look, look, look. And I stole that. Um, was it Jeff Gonzalez, did he do the look, 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 and then break, look, look, I think it might've been him. I like to give credit where credit's due. And that one thing I took away where it's like, yeah, we need to, we can't get complacent. So that's uh, not a bad way to do it. Uh, can, what are some ways to explain the class three lever for the M&P slide stop lever? So government instructors stop teaching false and failed methods. Uh, they then insult the class three lever function as design, not as a slide release. Um, well, I don't know. I kind of go over, I'm a little 
you kind of have some other context here that I am not exactly sure where I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, it should be never be allowed by only, I'm not quite tracking. Um, I'm not, I'm not quite tracking, I guess what, what's going on the full context. So maybe there's something else going on that I'm not aware of that's unique to the Smith and Wesson MP 45. Cause I don't have one or the MP. Uh, I don't have had one for a while, so I, I don't know. Now, generally speaking, it's everything is d designed to be a slide stop, but I still teach using the slide release as a release. And the I haven't gotten killed in the streets yet, so maybe that's a whole other video. I actually I did a video about that. I think I did a video about slide stop versus slide release a while ago. So we can probably revisit that. Maybe that's time for an update. Uh, what are the ways that the government industry can be reformed to follow ethical standards? Uh, again, man, I don't have the experiences you don't. Um, I think the market does a pretty good job of weeding people that are unethical. I don't know if there's some local, regional, government type stuff available, but I just I don't have those experiences where I see people that are unethical and, and things like that not being held accountable or not having the market weed that way out. So I don't really know what to say there. Uh, and then what are your thoughts about the government instructor that murdered a police officer in cold blood after a class picture was taken? I have no idea what you're talking about, man. You'll have to send me a, a, a case summary or a, a news story or something, but I... I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm not sure if this was a range ND or if there was something intentional, but I, again, I, I'm going to be honest, Kevin, I have no idea what you're talking about on that one. Um, all right. So let me get to a couple of your other questions. Um, are, uh, this is from Mitch. Are the Brownells branded slides pretty good? Yeah, they're pretty solid. I know who machines them. They're pretty solid. Uh, there's other options out there as well. And then what's a good pistol optic that can adequately fill the following use cases? Appendix, overt, and under nods. Uh, Holosun EPS, EPS carry would be good. Holosun 508 would be fine. RMR HD, you have some other options there. Another trainer has mentioned that the rear sight forward of the optic provides the benefit of protecting the optic during one-handed racking. And that is true. Yes, you can rack on it and it will act as a little guide, but not every gun has a forward mounted rear sight. It's not an option. The plate systems. So don't necessarily, you know, get all wrapped around the axle and say like that's, a, you know, go or no go. But yeah, there is some benefit to that. So nothing wrong with that either. And then can an older SLS holster be modified for use with an optic? Probably not. All right, let me uh, loop back to uh, emails here, and then we'll get to some comments, and then we're at uh, just about half past the hour. And let's see, uh, we have, yeah, talking about my hammer. It looks like, is that a tactical hammer? Well, it is from Brownells. And actually, this is my very first gunsmithing tool that I ever got when I was uh, working for a small agency in southern Minnesota, and I went to my very first armor school. I bought an armorer's kit, and this was like literally the first thing that was in the Brownells package. Uh, that that came for me and it's literally one of the first gun it's not the first tool I ever bought um, but it's one of the first gunsmithing tools I ever got so when I left that department I talked to the chief and I said hey I'd like to take a souvenir with me I will gladly pay for it so I gave him $20 to replace it and I said I'd like to take my hammer with this thing sat on my bench uh, I worked on I don't even know how many guns with this dang thing and uh, it does have some sentimental value ironically of all the things in the shop one of the things that I always look for and I always kind of have a fun, you know, memories and experiences with is this stupid little hammer, but it's just a great hammer. And I'm sure there's nicer ones out, whatever, but I keep going back to this as my go-to. So as far as a sentimental tool, when I do a shop tour or we talk about more hammers, um, this one will always come up. So just a little, little behind the scenes for you guys behind the, behind the curtain, if you will. Uh, Phil, what's going on, man? We need to get some cronuts next time. I'll be down for that. 
Uh, we did try when I was down in Oklahoma. We tried. Um, oh, what was it? Oh crap! I can't remember what kind of donuts they were. They were doughy, um, something like that. I, I can't remember what it was. Uh, and then art. Uh, if you didn't get something, yes, let me know. Uh, I'll make sure. I've thought I've given them the lists, but I can make sure that they know to send out something. Uh, shoot me an email reminding me name, address, um, and when you won. And I think that they would have had that sent out. And then uh, it was a mocha nut. Yes, it was a mocha nut. And by the way, did you get the patches? I sent out some patches. Art it should have been in a green envelope. Green is in like this. I had to pay extra for those. Uh, but yeah, it is a a what how, is it pronounced mocha nut or mochi nut uh but it's mochi and donut which i don't even know what mochi is but they were pretty good they were not cheap but they were pretty good so i'll be glad to have those again so we're caught up on comments let me go ahead and switch back to questions uh this one's from kevin when teaching different people from different backgrounds in firearms what are some ways to adjust the expectations for performance uh honestly it's just it's whether they're, even if they're from the same background, uh, I, you have to adjust things and I use different size scalable targets so I can adapt that. But sometimes you just have to figure out what the best way is to develop rapport and relatable content to them. So generally we can find common areas. We can find overlapping areas, but some of that is just the challenge of being an effective communicator, not necessarily a trainer. I've seen people who are really good at sales have the skills necessary for that as well, where they figure out what is the best tool for that particular person. Now, one size fits all, and this is something where I will criticize law enforcement firearms instructors, uh, is because they get comfortable teaching everybody how to shoot a Glock, because that's all they do, that's all they do, that's all they do, but yet we need to be adaptable, and the thing is, is that people come in different shapes and sizes, so even though you're giving them the same tool, the technique that they use to manipulate that tool might not be the same, and that is something that that industry definitely needs to do a better job at, which was what I've been trying to do when I do my instructor development classes and things like that, so... Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a probably a more con probably a more abbreviated answer to a more complex situation. What concepts are prioritized when teaching new citizens and fuzz? So they start out with good habits and don't have to be unlearned fundamentals, fundamentals, all comes down to the fundamentals. I can't stress this enough. If you have sound fundamentals that will serve you so well in so many different areas, basic handling abilities, right? Like I still like when we get to patrol rifle, I, people struggle to put the sling on people struggle to manipulate handgun manipulations uh, for stoppages, things like that. Loading, like all those simple, basic th things. And then not to mention just fundamentals of building your grip, your presentation, your aiming, your delivery of that round. All of those things will never go out of style. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, the only difference between new shooters and grandmaster national champion, whiz bang ninja operator shooters is those people have a subconscious level of competence with executing the fundamentals. Period. Boom. End podcast right there. Done. All right. Is there any good ways to debunk the myths and errors about CLP from the military? Um, Mobile One engine oil isn't a firearms lube. Uh, is there any way? Uh, man, I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole right now. I use Slip stuff. Uh, I love Slip 2000. They're lubes. They're cleaners. I also like Bortec. Their cleaners are really good. It's funny. Hashtag not sponsored, but I literally just found some Slip 2000 stickers when I was cleaning out stuff. So again, truly not sponsored, but uh, they used to sponsor my training stuff. They used to give out samples. When, if anybody's watching that used to attend the classes, like every class they would go to, they'd get a sample of lube and cleaner. 
So I guess in a way they used to be a sponsor, but I, I just like them because it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I would just use that and use quality stuff, it, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and then last question, I think, what are the guidelines used for instructors to adjust their technical uh, language to be effective at communicating while avoiding distracting terms, references? Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, some of the crap that some people say, it's just like use plain English, right? Everybody wants to sound smart and use, you know, terms and stuff. Man, I'm tempted to do an impression here, but I better not because I don't want to piss people off. But there are certain instructors that really like to hear themselves talk and really like to use big words and just just talk to people. You know, nobody cares about stories either. Like when I teach a class, I tell people, I'm not going to tell you stories. I'm not going to tell you about like, oh, this one time we were getting a call out to go blah, blah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. If it has a little context to put it in a situation, maybe we can explain how this applies to this. But as far as war stories, guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So there's that. All right. Uh, that is all of your questions, Kevin. Uh, I also have an opportunity here from Fiji Water in the uh, QA email to be sponsored by, oh, wait, it's a junk one. All right. This one's from uh, John. He's in Jacksonville. Uh, 26 Navy vet, uh, your Navy vet. Thank you for service, sir. All of my duty type handguns, 92, 226, Scorpion, etc. Okay. Where's the question? Uh, I added suppressor sites. That's fine. Should you go ahead and co-witness it? Oh, just ignore them. Uh, same thing. Suppressor height sites. The dot is probably going to be up here and your sites are probably going to look like that. Just ignore the sites, whether they're suppressor heights, whether they're the lower third, whether they're backup sites, whatever ignore them and treat them the same way. In fact, that video that you're referring to, a lot of those were in there with suppressor sites because that's what we had at the time. And that's still kind of the go-to for red dots and stuff. And depending on the height of the window and the mount and the plate and all that, sometimes you might have to use suppressor sites. So real new to red dots. Uh, so is there a video on dot acquisition? Um, it's probably the same. Yeah. So just use the sites the same target focus, look for the dot, and then you can also re-zero with the suppressor sites uh, just to kind of get an idea of where point of aim, point of impact is, but treat them the same treat them the same. And then I also got a junk email from Old Spice. That's great. Thanks, Old Spice. Even though I would take a sponsorship from Old Spice. Anybody here wear swagger? I think it smells nice. I think it smells nice. All right. Uh, more junk emails, junk emails, junk emails. Optics question. This one's from uh, Summit MD. Well, I have a doctor watching. That's pretty cool. I have an EOTech with a magnifier. However, the setup is quite heavy. Uh, I want something similar but lighter. Uh, yeah, you could look at an LPVO. That's going to be around a pound, whereas the magnifier and everything is closer to like a pound and a half. Uh, but LPVO's lightest option with the best good eye relief, man, I still am a sucker for the old Trijicon 1 to 4. The TR24, no batteries, no fuss, no muss, really generous eye relief, very generous exit pupil. So it has a huge eye box. Um, it's really cool. That's a 1 to 4. Uh, 1 to 6 is, I would say, like the Razor. You know, I don't know what your budget is either. Uh, but one to sixes, you have the Razor, you have Collis, uh, the Steiner are, are, are great as well. I'm trying to think what other one to sixes are my go-tos lately. Uh, I actually, in the Trijicon, I, it's not as nice as the one to four, but the Trijicon still a nice one to six as well. Uh, otherwise, the one to eights and one to tens are very cool, but they start to get a little bit more critical and not as forgiving. Uh, but they do have their advantages, right? And you get more, more magnification. What are some good ways for students to develop practical muzzle awareness? Uh, training. Got to be training, 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 training. Go to scenario-based training, real simulated training. Uh, there's a lot of good classes out there that operate 
ranges in a 360 environment versus just the 180 range rules, but it's tough to find a range that allows you to do that too. And what admin tasks and stills really help instructors do a good job? Uh, being organized, knowing how to communicate, knowing how to document, which I'm not always the best at those things. So those are some things uh, that we can do. And then last question, do you have any good handgun recommendations for people that are handicapped, but still need to carry a gun every day? Um, police officer had a government, uh, I, I, without knowing what their handicap is, if it's a grip issue, if it's an accessibility issue, it's really tough to say. Um, so unfortunately I don't have a good answer, but I would say, look for things that they are like, have them test drive. Are they able to manipulate that gun? Are they able to access it? Are they able to operate it and control it? All the same stuff that we would look at for, um, non-handicapped person, those would be kind of the same things. So I, I don't know much about what the handicap is, but uh, I did meet somebody that was handicapped and they actually had kind of this um, unique holster situation mounted on the inside of their chair. Uh, they couldn't have it on their body because uh, they you know, weren't able to wear like a belt and a holster uh, just due to their physical limitations, but he, he was able to mount something on the chair and then he had like this cloth that helped conceal it. And the cloth, it looked like a, like a little utility bag, if you will, but that's where he carried his gun in a off body type carry situation. And then he was able to transfer it uh, at night and stuff. So that was a pretty slick uh, method for him. So that's that. All right. Uh, this is, we're caught up on comments and let's, uh, let's go back here. All right. There we go. Mo Chi Nut, not Moo. I, did I say Moo? Did I really say Moo Chi Nut? I probably did. Mo, Mo Chi Nut, Mo Chi Nut. There we go. And then Dustin still has some slip. Uh, the Strike Industries Anti-Venom is great cleaner lube. I don't know if I haven't tried it. I'll have to see if I can check it out. Uh, and then, yeah, let's talk about Golden Trigger Awards. Uh, I actually chaired that committee this year. I had a great panel. So first, before I talk about the winners, let's give a huge shout out to the panel. I had to work with some amazing people. Uh, so in no particular order, and I really hope I don't forget anybody, uh, I probably should have had a spreadsheet. Uh, Ava uh, Flanell from uh, her channel and Instagram handle is at Ava Flanell. She was on the panel. Humble Marksman, uh, he was bringing that big dad energy. Uh, David from Humble Marksman was awesome. He was on the panel. Dave... Uh, from Breach Brain Clear, Dave Reeder was on the panel. Recoil, Steven was on the panel. Roger from QVO Tactical. Hey, oh. Uh, I also had Mike from Tactical Considerations. Millspec Monkey. Man, I feel like I got them all. I think that was the panel. Hopefully, I didn't forget anybody. Hope I didn't forget, but I believe that was the panel. I think I covered everybody. Uh, I know I, man, I really do feel like I forgot someone. So shoot, I hope I didn't, but those, that was the golden trigger panel. Uh, and then we had to look about 50 products, give or take. So here's what won the categories. Most innovative suppressor went to replicator, the technology that they were explaining with what they're doing with their gas expansion and travel. They took from like their turbine and jet experience, and they had some really cool parts that they were able to explain what they were doing. Really, really cool. When I shot it at range day, again, no back pressure, I think is a really bold claim, but when I shot it at range day and I don't have the most sensitive sniffer, thankfully, but when I was shooting it, usually I get that immediate blast of ammonia and gas and everything. And I did not get it. I was smelling. I was like, pew, pew, pew. couldn't smell it. So it did impress me. Uh, replicator one, most innovative suppressor, most innovative optic went to Rick's with their optical thermal, which was again, pretty cool. Uh, there was another uh, optic that was talked about, but that ended up 
taking best in show, which we'll talk about here in a second. So we have suppressor, we have optic handgun was the Oracle arms 2311 pro again, cool gun, cool innovation. It is truly, and, and people are like, well, what's so innovative about it? It's just a 2011 or a 1911 that takes sig mags, but no, the ambi portion is what really has been, in my opinion, the cool innovation. Like everybody's been wanting a left-hand friendly single action gun. They have it. It has slide stop on both sides. Mag catch is reversible, ambi safety. So it's truly an ambi 1911, and it just so happens to take SIG 320 mags, so they're able to get the reversible mag catch. And again, SIG 320 mags, they're pretty reliable. They're made by good people. They're inexpensive. Say what you will about the 320, um, you know, So, but the mags have held up just fine in my experience. So I think it's going to be a good platform. So the SIG, um, the Oracle 2311 Pro, one most innovative handgun, uh, most innovative long gun, man, crap. Oh, uh, that went to Vector Industries, the VKTR, uh, the VK1, I'm sorry, Vector VKTR. And it was the Vector 1. Now it's a piston AR. And you might be thinking, well, what's revolutionary about a piston AR? And that wasn't just it. They did refine and improve some of the piston stuff. Uh, Paul from the old LWRC fame is now behind Vector, and they did improve the piston operation, the self-regulating gas, so you don't have to worry about switching things, so you can go from suppressed, unsuppressed, whatever, and it doesn't change the ejection pattern, but their lower is also truly ambi, and I know it's not the only one that has a catch and release, a lot of them do, but this one used the same button, so when you press the right side bolt release, if you keep pressing it, it has a cam function that now acts as a right side bolt catch. And they bought that patent from somebody, I can't remember who, uh, but a lot of the other ones have like something you need to slide, lift, uh, press, you know, like weird, or it has like another catch or whatever. Now there's other ones that have, like I said, the catches, but not quite like this, where it's just one button where you push to release the bolt. Or if you were locking back, you would push that same thing and push more to activate the catch. Um, but I, man, I cannot remember the name. And I know there's one other lower that's similar, but man, I'm having a brain fart as well. But uh, the VK1, one most innovative long gun. So we talked about suppressor, optic, handgun, long gun. Accessory was the micro lattice system from Hardhead Veterans. Now, again, you might be thinking it's just a, hat, a pad, but what was cool about it is that I didn't realize some of this, but on NFL and NHL hockey, football, sport helmets or whatever, those pro-grade helmets use a lattice liner system from a company, I believe, called Carbon. But that micro lattice isn't just for comfort and airflow, but that micro lattice also helps reduce brain injuries. It reduces deformation. It reduces impact and transfer. And they actually took that, and they basically went to these companies that are making helmets for the NFL. And believe it or not, they know something about traumatic brain injuries, right? So they were looking and saying, what helmet technology can we take from these other fields, people that wear their helmets for a living? And what can we apply to the ballistic and combat market? And they applied it to the micro lattice system and they've got a patent. So if any of the other helmet companies want to start to utilize this technology versus just pads, they have to go to hardhead veterans. Now, additionally, people have dogged on hardhead veterans in the past. It's foreign uh, constructed helmet. And it hasn't been certified, but helmet certification is a whole other topic that's controversial, but they've really stepped up and they've published and been transparent about all the testing that has been done. They publish it. They're like, look, we use American materials. It is produced overseas, but 
look at our testing. Here's what it is. And now they've even done one better in that they're starting to do production in the United States um, with their Texas facility. So they're making an American helmet. That's the light. And it actually felt really good. I'm hoping to check one out. And their micro lattice system, again, really does reduce back face deformation, reducing injuries. They are combat proven. There's a lot of those helmets rolling around in Ukraine right now. So for people to even say like, well, they're not comp. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of experience. Uh, and they're just continuing to do a good job to try to evolve and make a better helmet for the American people and our allies. So pretty dang cool from hardhead veterans. That was, that was kind of cool to see that was accessory. And then best in show was the Holosun DRS series. That's the hybrid night vision, thermal optics, red dots. Again, they're just really cool. You look through a red dot, but then boom, you turn on the thermal and it's overlaid and you can have multiple reticles. Like it is just a really cool piece of technology. I can't wait for that to evolve and really trickle down and be available. But that was really cool. That one best in show. So those were the uh, golden trigger awards. So I feel like I'm reciting all of that all over again. Uh, I got to keep an eye on the time because I do have a meeting here as well at uh, what time was that? Was that at one or two? Uh, maybe it's at two. So maybe I, I might have some time. Yeah, I think I'm doing all right. So we can keep chatting. I do have some other work I got to get done today too, but those were some good questions. Uh, yes, just fly. You wear swagger. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Uh, let me do a quick check to make sure we're all caught up on email. And while I do that, I got to give a huge shout out again to our friends at Global Ordnance. Gotta love Global. They are the sponsor. They take care of all of my ammunition needs. So if you see me in a video, I'm rocking the ammo from Global and it's running great. Even their steel case stuff. Uh, I really do like it. So good, good stuff, right? Global takes care of you. They're going to be supplying the prize. So at the end, when we do our giveaway, we uh, are definitely going to talk and have some love from Global. Gents, I think we're caught up on emails as well. I might be missing one, hopefully not, but I knock on wood. I think we are caught up. So that's always good to see, right? What else do you guys want to talk about? Uh, let's see how many of you are left. We got uh, a few of you. And if there's any questions that you have, obviously go ahead and drop a comment in the comments section below and we'll get them live. Most of you are watching, it looks like, on YouTube. Is anybody here tuned in on the Facebook? I always am curious. It looks like Ike is on the Facebook, but I'm curious on where people uh, come from. Yeah. That's it. Nothing. Nobody's going to answer. Maybe we'll have some dead time as well. Uh, what else are we going to talk about TriggerCon wise? Man, we can talk about all sorts of stuff. What else do you guys want to talk about in the industry? Other news. Um, I'm getting some more info. Uh, I'll probably have a story that'll break next week about freedom of speech and anti two way from a big corporation, not Facebook or YouTube. Cause I don't want them to turn me off right now, but uh, anyways, that's one thing, you know, Oh, and Ike says Facebook is a better image and no delay. I'd be curious. I should compare that. Uh, I don't know if there is a, a delay or, or quality issue on YouTube compared, but that's definitely an interesting, definitely interesting thing to note. And ironically, um, Facebook Live, if I was just on Facebook, I believe I could handle a pew pew, whereas on YouTube, you cannot. So that's always one one thing there. Uh, the D-Tom American, D-T-O-M, uh, spring maintenance on a carry gun. Yeah, spring maintenance in general. Spring maintenance in general, I think, is something that's often overlooked. One of the most important springs is your recoil spring, and that is something that doesn't get changed often enough. If you start to use your gun seriously, you can definitely feel when that gun starts to run or reciprocate a little differently. I remember on my first custom 2011, uh, I noticed that, man, this thing is feeling really weird. I talked to the gunsmith. 
I said, hey, I'm shooting this. It's not good. I definitely feel more of a, uh, you know, like a weird kind of feeling. Not like it does. I, You know, and he's like, how many rounds do you have through it? And I was like, I don't know, this many. He's like, yep, you need a recoil spring. The fact that you're able to see that tells me that you're getting more in tune with the gun. And it's good to be aware of that stuff because that's what happens. And he goes, yep, you need to swap out your recoil spring. And now's the time that maybe you even want to experiment with it. If you know what load it likes the best, maybe you experiment with a pound up, a pound down, and kind of see where return to sight is um, and kind of get that gun tuned, if you will, to be running with springs. And because not just how much recoil comes back, but if we have more mass and then we start to get that slide or that sight to dip, we could actually have it kind of oversprung to where it's like, you know, you're kind of exaggerating recoil as well. You want to have just enough recoil for reliability, but not have it oversprung as well. Uh, and I can't remember what weight we ended up going with, but then I ordered a bunch. So for like all my 2011s, for example, uh, or 1911s, I have a bag of springs and basically I just have different pounds and I kind of play with it. And when I get a gun, I kind of get a feel for it. Like with the voodoo priest, for example, uh, I get a feel for it. I shoot. And then I also experiment. I asked them, I said, Hey, what spring is in here? Number one, trust, but verify. So I'll put it on the gauge. And then number two, I might play around with it a little bit because there are some companies out there that will purposely overspring or underspring a gun to get it to run a certain way or feel a certain way. Uh, honestly, one of the cheapest tricks that some people do to make a, a cheaper gun feel better is they put a lighter recoil spring in it, especially like a 2011. And then there are people like, oh my gosh, it's so nice. I can rack the slide so easy. You can take any turd of a gun and put a light recoil spring in it and It'll be great, but so we want to make sure we're using a proper spring as well. Not just uh, the ejection pattern, but the ejection velocity of the brass as well. So definitely all stuff to uh, keep in mind. So spring maintenance is always a good thing. You can check with the armor recommendations. There's all sorts of other little springs, and it's never a bad thing. And honestly, sometimes it's not even just necessarily the cycling of the spring, but sometimes just the conditions of a carry gun, hot, cold, sweaty, wet, you know, rust, whatever. It's not a bad idea to take care of some of that stuff, even from just the corrosion protection element of it as well. Yeah, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Appreciate you guys being here. I know I probably don't tell you this enough, but I really do appreciate it. I know it's a smaller group. Um, and if every one of you could donate $100, uh, I could do this full time. What do you think about that? Nope, not going to happen. Oh, my viewers just dipped. I'm just kidding. You didn't. But uh, I, I would do this. I, I do it for free. I don't charge whatever. Uh, but I do appreciate it. And I always appreciate people that can support the channel. So thank you for you guys for doing that. I, I really do appreciate it. I'm going to try to figure out the best recoil spring on my P80. Yeah, uh, you might have to play around with it a little bit um, and kind of figure out what that sweet spot is to make sure you get reliable uh, cycling and lockback, but yet also that good recoil. And again, practice it with your carry ammo versus just your your training ammo. So that was from uh, B Positive. Love it when people are positive. All right, guys, um, we are caught up and we're coming up on an hour. So I, I try to keep these around an hour, but I'll keep going as long as you want me to keep going. I just want to make sure we're not, you know, rambling just to ramble or, or anything like that. So I'm just going to do a double check on email. And if there's something you guys want to talk about, leave a comment down below. But this, again, this is the show where we answer your questions. The live QA from Guns and Tactics. Perfect. I don't have a meeting until two, so that's great. So I do have a little bit of time. Uh, let's see here. I work in your neighborhood. You do? What neighborhood is that? I'm not going to post it. Do you know? Because if you know, you know, but maybe you don't know. Hang on. Are you who I think you are? Just fly low. Are you a pilot? A younger pilot that I think it might be you? You can leave a comment. Uh, actually, you know, I, if you don't want to leave a comment, I don't blame you. 
Um, I wonder if that is who it is. I don't know. The Joys, right? Uh, little Week, it might be. It might be. All right, guys. Uh, we're caught up on comments. What else do we want to talk about? What else did I want to talk about? We talked about TriggerCon. We talked about cool people. Um, you know, the other cool thing that I liked about TriggerCon is we got to meet a bunch of other creators and, and personalities and kind of seeing what they're like behind the scenes versus what they're like in real person is always interesting, too. So that's kind of the cool part. And I'm not going to talk about the who's who. I'm not going to share the dish. But... It was always kind of cool meeting with people and, and hanging out. Uh, and again, huge shout out to TriggerCon. Uh, I work with Trigger for TriggerCon, so I'm not trying to make you seem like I'm biased, okay? I'm part of the TriggerCon team. However, it's a heck of an event, and it was arguably one of our best yet. And maybe I am a little biased because I was involved with it, working with it, seeing all the, the fruits of the labor come together. But I got to say, it was fun. And uh, Wichita is a cool town, lots of cool places to eat. We had some great barbecue. We had some great meals. I had some mediocre meals as well. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I'm a foodie, so like I'm pretty picky when it comes to food and things. But overall, man, I had a good time in Wichita. Good people, good stuff to do. Uh, if you're not not far away, I think it's definitely an event worth, and we'll likely be back in Wichita next year. So, uh, yeah, let me uh, check back in the comments. This is from Leroy. Uh, not a look of reviews. I'm assuming you mean not a lot of reviews. So I'm looking forward to what configuration you're reviewing. Um, I have, I don't have a full length dust cover. However, my next one is going to have a full length dust cover. And hopefully that's a little bit of a preview to how I'm impressed with the voodoo when I have already talking about my next one, because there are guns that I don't keep. And there are guns that I uh, don't purchase that I send back, or there are guns where it's like, yeah, I'm okay with one. Um, and, and I'll be more than happy to disclose with you guys how it works. And I try to disclose. Sometimes I get stuff for demo. Sometimes I get stuff that's T and E. Uh, but my voodoo is an RMR cut and I had a little bit of insight in the RMR cut. So I also want to be, uh, I want to disclose that as well. That the, the optic cut, I'm not saying was like solely my idea, but an idea that I had that they ran with and they were working on, I guess, something similar. But when we were talking after the priest and I was talking to him, I was like, guys, the priest is great, but you're missing the mark here. You need to do a double stack. You need to have an optics cut and you need to have this cool optics cut idea. Like I wish. And they're like, whoa, 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 let's talk about that more. So they were nice enough just to listen. Now I'm not going to go out and say like, this is the Dave tip. Like, no, it's not like that at all. And I'm not that cool. Uh, and I don't know if I'll ever be as cool of an influencer to have a Dave Tim edition of anything, nor I don't even know how that would look or what I'd want it to be. But I will say with Voodoo, it was really cool working with them because they kind of uh, appreciated what I had to say when it came to an optics cut and then kind of involved me with the progress of it. So I got to kind of see it along the way. And then when I saw it um, in person for the first time, it was actually on a sample priest that they sent up to me to play with. And I, I didn't make a video on it because it was literally just an evaluation of the optics cut to test it, to kind of get my thoughts and all that stuff. It was just really cool. It was honored. I was honored and humbled to be involved with that. And then to kind of see it come to life, knowing that kind of had a little bit of input with that is just, it's kind of really cool to me. So, um, it is pretty, pretty cool to me. So that, that was neat. And that's what I love about it. So I'm a little probably influenced, but I will say the gun, I can't make a turd run, right? You know, remember the prodigy, but anyways, uh, can't make a turd run. So there definitely is that. And the, the priest has been awesome. Uh, it's It's been great. I have zero complaints with it. 
overall, there's a couple things that I would like to see evolve, and that full-length dust cover does look awesome. And I'm, um, I'll, since we're here and talking about it, I think a polymer grip version would be kind of cool. Like if I was designing it as a duty gun, um, and I know that is kind of what it's designed to be, but I there is still something that I have a soft spot for polymer grips on double stack guns. So if that, in order for it to be the perfect duty gun for me, uh, it would have to have a functioning grip safety. And I would really like to play around with a uh, polymer grip. So, and I actually ordered some polymer grips. I don't even know where they are. And I was going to fit one for it and kind of see how the gun, you know, ran with that just to kind of see what my options were. So anyways, uh, that's pretty cool, man. It's a, uh, it's pretty cool gun. And I think you'd be impressed. I, I really, really do. Yeah, no, I, I got you, man. A lot of reviews. All good in the hood. And there's not just because it's pretty new. Uh, I was one of the early ones to have one out of the factory. And I'm pretty honored that they thought of me and trusted me with that. So I look forward to getting that video out for you. All right, got a Glock 19 being delivered today. It's milled by um, Wager. I haven't heard of Wager. I'm assuming you mean Jaeger with a J. W and J, are they near each other? No, I don't know where Wager is. I'd like forward to checking out their work. I was going to get an EPRS MR, MRS green afterburner and a dagger compact frame. Sounds like it's going to be a sweet build, man. I like it. I like it. Um, not far away, literally in the middle of the country. Everyone should go. <laughs> and yes, we are in uh, the B-Town area. So just have we met in real life? Just fly low. Because I don't know what your real name is, man. Maybe give me a clue. If we've met in real life, you can just, you know, you can send me an email too. If you don't want to put your name out there, I totally get it. Uh, or your username or whatever, but just let me know if we met in real life. Cause it's always cool to meet people. And a lot of people, when they come to the shop and they're like, oh, this is where you do your videos. And, oh, I figured it'd be bigger. You know, it's not, it's not that cool in real life, you know? Oh, sorry. I'm don't want to be moving the monitor and all that. So yeah, cool. All right, guys, we've been live for a little over an hour. Uh, we're caught up on emails. We're caught up on comments. We're, are we caught up on super chats? If anybody wanted to throw a super chat, I'm just saying, and I got to give a huge shout out again to Dustin. Boom. Thank you very much for the super chat, Dustin. You started out our day strong. Appreciate that. That's what I as appreciates about you. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think we're going to cover it, cover it guys. We've talked about everything that I've wanted to talk about. We've answered your questions. I'm going to give another huge shout out to Global Ordnance for sponsoring this episode. They're going to provide the winner of the show with a prize thanks to Global Ordnance. So we will get your info. And yes, Art, I'll make sure we uh, make sure you're taken care of as well. So that is from Global Ordnance. And while I'm going to be picking a random comment, let's go ahead and throw up the rules while I take a quick beverage break. Hmm. I'm telling you guys, pumpkin spice, man, that is where it is at. I love pumpkin spice. Absolutely love it. Again, huge thanks to Global Ordnance for sponsoring the channel and this episode of the QA. All right, our random number generator. We're going to go ahead and pick a random comment. Do, 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 make this a little bit bigger. I'm not going to look. Art, it picked you, but I believe you won within the last previous period, so... Art, how long ago did you win? I'm going to disqualify you, Art. Are you okay with that? I feel bad, but I feel like you've won in the most recent history. I feel bad. So we might have to pick another comment. Your odds are here pretty good, dudes. I'm telling you. 
And it is Leroy. Leroy, you are the winner. Your uh, voodoo comment won. So, Leroy, what you need to do is you need to send me an email to the email address shown on the screen, which is the QA at gunsandtactics.com with your info, shipping, all that good stuff. Uh, being that I don't know if I've met you or not, if you have a screenshot of your account, just so I know it's actually you, that'd be awesome. And if anybody else wants to send an email, that's the best way to get your question on the show. Again, the email address is the QA at gunsandtactics.com. Appreciate you guys very much for tuning in. Also, if you want to support the channel, the best way is through our Patreon network. We do have some awesome patrons on there, and you can support the channel for as little as just a buck or two, but we always do appreciate it. We have different levels, and as that grows, we are going to do more exclusive Patreon content as well. We also have an exclusive Facebook group. You get access to all the discount coupons and everything like that, and if I can actually get off my butt and get uh, content edited ahead of time, you guys will get early access. That's going to do it for today's episode. I appreciate everybody for watching. Thank you very much, and have a great day. All right, just had to take my thumbnail, had to smile for the camera, but we're actually going to call it now. Uh, thanks for watching. Like, share, subscribe. Get this wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, thank you, everyone. Leroy, send me that message. Thanks for watching this episode of the QA at Guns and Tactics.